Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. And while you're here, go ahead and head over to our online platform, thelifeonline.cc, where you'll find content on all kinds of topics like forgiveness, healing, prophecy, faith, and so much more. So check it out at thelifeonline.cc and enjoy today's message. How's everyone doing this morning? Feeling good? Feeling fine? Glad that the weather's breaking. It's going to be pleasant again. Oh gosh, but before we jump in and get started, I would love to just take a moment as a body of believers to just pray for everyone who's in North Mississippi, everyone who's been affected this weekend by the tornadoes, by the weather. There are a lot of people who've been displaced. They're still trying to find people and, and, and make account for people who might be missing Um, So can we do that quickly? Because we're a praying church, right? Right. Okay. So Lord, I just thank you for who you are, God. I thank you that you will show your hand faithful in this situation. Just everybody who's in North Mississippi, anyone who's been affected by the tornado, by the storms, every business owner, every family member, Lord, I thank you that you are with them and you are giving them strength, God. As believers, we speak provision over them for anyone who was lost, to anyone who has who lost their lives during this process, Lord. I just thank you that um, you're surrounding their family members with people who will support them during this time. Your word says that we are to mourn with those who are mourning. So, Lord, together we mourn with those who are no longer with us, Father. And it's our prayer that they knew you, Lord. God, I thank you that you are doing the impossible in that situation. Uh, hospitals that might be running on generators, anything like that, Lord, would you just make a way where there seems to be no way? If people need to be transferred, make that transfer smooth and light and easy, God. For people who have lost their homes, Lord, I thank you that you are giving them bigger and better than they could ever ask, think, or imagine, Lord. And just for anyone who is feeling anxious, uneasy, weary, or scared, Lord, would you just bring peace, a peace that surpasses all understanding, a peace that can only come from you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah, how many of you know it's important to stand in the gap for those who, who may not be able to, who might be hopeless in any situation, right? So, well, I'm excited to share with you if we've never met before. My name is Hillary. I'm the executive pastor here at Word of Life Fondren. And gosh, I'm just glad you're here. It's going to be a great Sunday. Um, yeah, woo! <laughs> we are in a series called God of the Impossible. We're wrapping up this series. And last week, uh, if you missed it, Pastor Joel, he talked about having a specific word on your heart and how the Lord will give you something, put it on your heart, and the enemy will try to snatch the word and try to snatch what God has said for you and what is said about you and what you're called to. And he also told us, he gave us a little homework. I don't know if anyone did it, but I, I kind of sort of did it. Did it a little last minute, but I did it. And he said, if you don't know what your word is, find yourself in scripture, find a word to stand on and go from there. So I was like, okay, Lord, some good advice. He is my pastor. I guess I'll oblige. He knows what he's talking about, right? So I started going through scripture, asking the Holy Spirit to guide me, to find the word for me in this season. Where am I in this book? And I was really reminded to kind of go back to the last thing God spoke over me. I had to find out what his word was for me so that I could find myself in scripture, kind of my process. 
And I don't know if you guys have been in the situation when the Lord has told you to do something that seems ridiculous and insane, or like you seem completely under underqualified, not prepared to do whatever it is he has called you to. Maybe it's going to school and moving away. Maybe it's starting a business. Maybe it's leaving work. Maybe it's, you know, starting something that seems just so vast, right? For me, when the Lord called me to ministry, I literally laughed. I was like, ain't no way you're calling me. Are you for real? That was just ministry. So then I got into ministry. Then he called me to be like a pastor. And I was like, no way you're talking about me. I thought I was just to do like social media creative things. And I'm still kind of in that, walking through that, because I'm still so shocked that the Lord would use these hands, you know, and, and use this body to do literally anything, much less what we do every Sunday and every week. And as I was being reminded of what the Lord said over me, obviously, I remember what he said, but what was really brought to my remembrance was my response, And my response every time, even now if you ask me, I I laugh. I'm like, isn't that just the craziest thing you've ever heard? Like the odds seem to be stacked against me. I'm single, I'm a female, I'm new to this, what is going on? There's no way, right? I laughed. And then it was like the light bulb went off as soon as I like realized what what my response was. And the Holy Spirit told me who I was in scripture. And he told me I was being like Abraham and Sarah. And I don't know if you guys can relate to that, being told to do things that seem like, hmm, surely that's for someone else. You know, maybe you're called to be a parent or a spouse. And you're like, "Mm, never thought that would happen. That's for someone else. You're called to be a doctor or a nurse. And you're like, hmm, but you didn't see my grades, Lord. (laughs) This is not for me, surely someone else. But the Lord is saying, no, it's you. Because God doesn't make mistakes. He wouldn't speak whatever the call is that's over your life. He wouldn't speak it over you just to take it away. And he wouldn't speak it over you as a joke. He makes no mistakes. Look at this world that we live in. He's so intentional. Every single thing on this planet has purpose and has use and has function. He spoke all these things into existence. The same God is speaking over you, and he has not made a mistake. And that, that was a lesson in and of itself. I was like, okay, yes, sir. So sorry. Didn't mean to do that to you. But when I think about Abraham and Sarah, they were called to something that made them laugh. Like gut-wrenching, rolling on the floor, laugh. And if you don't know who they are, Abraham is one of the fathers of our faith. He's one of the OGs. When you get to heaven, if you see him, his mansion's going to be massive. It's just going to be ginormous because that's what the Lord said. His, his people will be plentiful, tons of offspring, all that good stuff. And he's right at the beginning of the Bible. And Abraham and Sarah, they were called to go into a new land to discover, to build the kingdom of God, Right? And uh, they were up there. They were what we like to call seasoned saints. They're up there in age. You know what I'm saying? They've lived life. And the Lord tells them that they're meant to have kids. And they're like, no way, not me, because I'm old. What do you mean? 
So, and if you don't believe me, we're going to read about it in Genesis 18, verses 19, or 9 through 15. There it is. So, in this section of scripture... So they have these visitors coming to visit them in their house. And so Abraham's like pulling out all the stops, trying to make sure they feel accommodated, that they feel comfortable. And so the people visiting say this in verse nine, they say, where's your wife, Sarah? They asked him there in the tent. He said, didn't even invite her to the party. How rude. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife will have a son. Now, Sarah was listening at the entrance of the tent nosy, but that's what happens when you're not invited. You say, who's in my house? I need to know what they're talking about. So, narrow, so now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind, behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old, seasoned, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing, very seasoned. So Sarah laughed to herself, and she thought, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? Dang, she dragged herself. Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I'm old? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I didn't laugh. Honestly, I'd probably do the same. If the Lord's like, why'd you laugh? I'd be like, wait, I didn't laugh. Although he knows. But he said, yes, you did laugh. So the Lord heard her. Going back to verse 14, where he says, is anything too hard for the Lord? If you have your Bible, definitely underline that. Sarah couldn't believe it. She was told she was going to have children, and it was such a ridiculous thing that she laughed and then got caught laughing and tried to lie about it. But there was no taking that back. That was her response to what the Lord had said over her. I know you guys are like, oh, Sarah, what a gal. Obviously, she didn't know God like she was supposed to. Abraham would never do that. Go back a chapter. As Abraham is the head of the household, he laughed first. And in chapter 17, verses 15 through 22, God also said to Abraham, as for Sarah, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. King of peoples will come from her. Abraham fell face down and laughed. So he really laughed. I like to think Sarah was just like, ha ha, me, no way. But Abraham, he made a show of it, fell down and laughed. And he said to, him, to himself, will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? And Abraham said to God, if only Ishmael might live under your blessing. Then God said, yes, but your wife, Sarah, will bear you a son, and you will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, I've heard you. I will surely bless him. I will make him fruitful. I will greatly increase his numbers. He will be the father of 12 rulers, and I will make him into a great nation." But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you by this time next year. When he had finished speaking with Abraham, God went up from him. God literally is talking directly to Abraham, saying that something's going to happen. 
And Abraham laughs. And I get it. We have these situations that do seem crazy. They seem larger than life impossible. So maybe at first glance, you might be like, huh, no, me? It might take a little convincing, right? But mind you, this was not the first or the second time they have heard this. This is time number four and five that they have been told that they will be parents to a great nation, that the Lord will increase them and multiply them. They were told again and again and again, and yet they still laughed. That was their response. And it's so weird because when you look back into the other instances, it says, it always says, and Abraham believed God. God says, I will make your, your, as many grains of sand as there are in this earth, so your children will be, so your family will be. And it always says, Abraham believed him. As many stars as there are in the sky, I will make your descendants. And Abraham believed him. But something happened between those chapters in chapters 17 and 18 to where they became hard-hearted. They exchanged declaring God's goodness and their faith for disbelief. And if they had yielded to that disbelief, who knows what would have happened? Because I really do feel the Lord saying in, in this time, for all of us, he, he's asking us, what is your disbelief robbing you of? What is your disbelief doing to the kingdom? Because you do have a part to play. And there are no small parts. Are you laughing at what God has called you to do? Are you so thrown off in the flesh because your body doesn't seem like you could do it, your mind doesn't seem like you can do it, that you're dismissing what God has called you to? Because I think we all know this. God will qualify you if he's called you. If he's called you, the provision's already there to help you through whatever it is you're going through. So we have to stop laughing at the things of God. We need to lay down our disbelief, lay down our unbelief, and and pick up God's word and what he says. I don't know if you guys know this, but Abraham and Sarah, they started, their, their lineage led to Jesus. Jesus is in their family line. And it's not in the line of Ishmael, who is like the other son. That's a whole other story I can tell you guys later. It's through the line of Isaac. It took 40 generations, don't get me wrong. It took a while for him to, you know, be folded in. But he's there. If they had just settled for Ishmael, if they had not waited for Isaac, if they had not heeded God's word, who, who knows what family line would have come? Who knows if it would have taken even longer for the Savior to, to come into this world? What I'm trying to, to get at is that your belief and your faith in the things that God is saying has such a ripple effect that is beyond you and me. Your yes to him now could could lead to a legacy of things that disrupt this earth for good. Sarah and Abraham disrupted this earth for good. 
So much came from them, but it had to come through Isaac. And I don't want us to, to forget that or to not have enough foresight to see who is on the other side of our faith. We say this all the time, but all of you are here because you were prayed for. And not just here in this church, because obviously we do pray that people come to the church because we want them to know God and, and get into God community, but you are where you are in your job. You are where you are in your family because someone somewhere prayed for you. You are walking on the prayers of the saints who went before you. And that's not something to be taken lightly. But it's those prayers that got you here. And it's your prayers that are going to lead to the next person and the next person and the next person. There's too much turmoil in this world for us to not believe what God has said. And God is calling some of you in this room to be prayers people who intercede when, when tragedy happens, people who will stop what they're doing and when someone says, oh, I'm having a rough day, they don't just say, oh, I'll pray for you and keep going. You're the person that's supposed to stop and pray right then and there. Some of you have kingly anointings and you're meant to be generous. The Lord is blessing you so that you can bless others but you might be looking at your financial situation now to say, oh, I can't even be generous because, Lord, I may have run up that credit card bill a little bit, may have done a little too much easy pay, whatever it might be. But God has said that you have a kingly anointing. So those things can be handled, can be taken care of because your generosity makes, makes way for kingdom things to take place here on earth. Some of you are, are meant to be teachers, to share the word of God with those around you. And that doesn't mean you need a platform or a microphone or anything like that. It means that you carry the word of God with you so that when someone's discouraged, you can say, hey, I know someone who can help you through your situation. I know someone who through your hurt, through your anger, is always there, is always constant. That is something for you to share. It doesn't matter where you've been. It's about where you're going. And God is calling all of us to do these things one way or another. And I remember, well, what's so cool about this is that Abraham and Sarah had to be told five times five that I counted. There could be a few other times in there that I may have missed, but I highlighted five times. And I think about my own life. Like, I knew that I was called to ministry, first called to ministry when I was 18, 18 years old. But I didn't know what that meant. I was so confused. I had no idea. I, I'll set the scene. I'm going to share the little story with you. Is that okay? Just a little story time. You know me. We chat. That's, this is how we do things. But I was at, like, a party with my friends. We'd come back home from college, and we were um, freshmen in college, and it was winter break. And so we were all getting back together. You know, you get with your squad, and it's like a little reunion because we all went to different schools, so it was a big deal. And when we came back to this party, my, one of my best friends, my nearest, dearest friend, he had been going through a rough time, and I knew it. Um, his parents were splitting up. They had said some really hurtful things to him, and he just 
was not coping well. But he was there. He was at this shindig, this little get-together. And out of nowhere, he just, like, disappears. And I'm like, that's weird. Where's, where's Taylor? So I go and I look for him, and he is just beside himself. In the middle of joy, in the middle of laughter, he was hurting so much that he was contemplating taking his life there where we were. And I sat with him, I held him, I cried with him and prayed for him until he felt better. And as we were walking out um, to, to go home, another friend who was there, who wasn't a believer, he looked at me and he said, I see God in you. And I was like, mm-hmm, that's very intense. I don't know what that means. Bye. But it, it stuck with me. He was a self-proclaimed atheist who didn't believe in anything, but he looked me dead in my eyes because he had known what happened and said, I see God in you. And I was like, hmm, okay, whatever, la-di-da, let me go back to school. <laughs> I was like a communications major. I was like, okay, that's so weird, but it, it was a call. And I wasn't as close to God at the time. I, I didn't, hadn't even found a church yet in my college Um, but God had to use who was around me to speak to me because I wasn't familiar enough with his voice to know when he was speaking directly to me. Fast forward a couple years, I find a church, I get plugged in, love it, living my best life. It was like this. We would meet in concert venues. It was so fun. And one day, one of the pastors there, he did an altar call for young people who felt called to ministry And before I knew it, I was standing up, walking to an altar, which if you know me, that's not my thing. Yes, I'm fun and outgoing, but stuff like that, I'm kind of like, no, I'm good. I'll just pray right here, and the Lord will know my cry. It's like when we do the altar call and they ask you to put your hand up. I was not a person who put her hand up. I was like, that kind of girl. So... Anyway, before I knew it, I'm standing, I'm coming to the altar, he's praying over us, like, they're going to go out, they're going to do this, they're going to spread the word, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's me, I'm weeping, it just bore witness with my soul, and then after that, I was like, okay, cool, done, check, but made no plans to try to pursue that, because I still didn't know what it meant, but I knew that it was a call, and then one more, it happened again, it kept happening and, some, and somehow it just rested in my spirit, okay, this is what I'm going to do. So I made a plan to go to seminary school. I was like, I have this call in my life. Like, I'm just going to do it. This is weird. It's not for me because they see God in me, whatever. Like, I guess. And then when it came time to actually go to school and follow through with the plan, I said, no, I must have heard wrong. It, it couldn't be me. There's no way. That's so weird. I just spent four years studying something completely different. Why would you pull me off course? Like, that made no sense. So I walked away. But long story short, eventually I answered the call because I'm standing in front of you today. But I had to be called again and again and again. And I'm grateful that the Lord is so patient to call us again and again and again. But as I'm, I've grown in my faith, I don't want him to have to call me again and again. I want to answer on the first try. On the first ring, I want to pick that up. 
and say, Lord, if you spoke it over me, it must be true. So I, I commit. I'm going to do this. And following through on the homework that Pastor Joel gave us of finding ourselves in Scripture, I don't want to be 90, 100, a seasoned saint, whatever it might be, before I realize that what God said is true and it is for me. That starts here and now. So the scripture that I found that I'm going to be standing on, I would encourage all of you to stand on as we, as we are called so that the word does not get snatched for us, is Proverbs 3, 5, 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Sarah and Abraham didn't have this. They didn't have that verse. But I'd like to think if I were Sarah and the Lord told me something that made me laugh, every time I would think about laughing, I could say, no, I will trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not on my own understanding. And that's the difference. We have the word of God, and we can trust in him so that while we're waiting for the impossible, we're waiting in faith. Because I think that's the key. It's not just waiting idly. It's not just waiting, you know, twirling our thumbs. It's not just waiting and waiting and aimlessly roaming, waiting to the point where we're trying to do things on our own. It's waiting with expectation. It's waiting in faith. It's waiting and trusting God. Will you wait for the impossible? Will you wait in faith for the impossible? And you guys can come back up. We're going to get ready to wrap up, but in the face of sickness, when the doctor says, it's not looking good, your whole life has to change, and I don't know how much longer you have, are you going to be able to wait for the impossible in faith? When someone says, this, here's a job opportunity for you. I think you should go for it. Are you going to laugh? Or are you going to go for it but wait with expectation for what God has said? Because if God said, hey, I think you're supposed to be promoted, he's not lying. He means it. Will you trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not to the things that seem to make sense on paper, but lean into the things that God says, lean into the impossible. There's so much riding on that. <laughs> but I know it can be done. The last example I want to share, it's not my own example, but it's something that we all kind of get to witness. You know, today is the grand opening of our Poindexter campus. Yeah, we can clap for that. It is so exciting. And as a staff, we got to go to Poindexter during the week and just pray in that space, you know, just 
you know, get it charged up and ready for all that's to come, the miracles that are going to happen, the community that's going to be there, how, how the community is going to change. And as I was praying and we were worshiping, the Lord brought up Ishmael and Isaac. So Sarah and Abraham, they wanted a son, obviously. They wanted to have kids, but they took matters into their own hands. And Sarah says to Abraham, I have this servant, you can have a child with her and we can raise him. And that's how we'll continue our legacy. And it was just a mess, as you probably could have guessed. But then, when the Lord spoke again and again and said, I will give you a son, he will be, his name will be Isaac. Isaac is, is the child that the legacy was carried through, right? And so I'm thinking of of these of this dynamic you have Ishmael and you have Isaac Isaac who was made according to God's plan and Ishmael who was made with man's hand because Sarah and Abraham would not wait for the impossible they were feeling the pressure backwards to the wall but they knew something had to get started so they just did this and it it changed Obviously, their family dynamic, but Hagar, the servant woman who who bore Ishmael, like went through a lot. <laughs> you have Ishmael. It even says in the word that he will always have conflict. He would be blessed, but there would always be tension and conflict. But in waiting for the impossible, Isaac came. And things just flowed through Isaac and unto the many generations that were to come. So I'm sitting in this building and I'm looking at it and it's gorgeous. And I'm like, wow. And I look at it and I look at Pastor Rob and I look at the building. I'm looking at him, looking at the building, looking at him. And it just said that this place was a place of Isaac. Because I don't know if you guys know Pastor Rob has been on staff for like ever. It's been like 18 years, I think, that he's been on staff at Word of Life Church. He's done every job that could probably be done at the church aside from women's ministry. But really, if we had asked him, he probably would have figured it out because he's that type of person. And the way Poindexter came about, the campus is, you know, he's our outreach pastor. So we have a building down there for outreach And he starts walking around, driving around the area, and just starts praying. And his faith, he prayed in this church. He pulled up to it, saw it, and prayed for it. Saw it in his heart and waited for the impossible. Because he wasn't in line for, on paper, promotion. Like, he was already doing everything that he could do. But something stirred up in him to to believe for a campus and a place where people weren't going. And what may look like a hopeless area, you'll see as you're driving into it, there are buildings that have been abandoned. There are weeds that are growing everywhere. But he felt it by the Spirit that there's meant to be a church here, a Word of Life church here. And he prayed and he prayed and he waited. He waited for the impossible And he's standing in it today, doors open to that community. 
I can only imagine what would have come if he had tried to force it, tried to do something in there two, three, four years ago before he was ready and before the neighborhood was ready. But because he waited for Isaac, just the generations, the ripple effect it's going to have is tremendous. And like Isaac, I believe that 30, 40 generations down the line will still be impacted by the faith that Pastor Rob had today. And Rob is an ordinary man. He is no different from you and me. He lived a life that he had to be redeemed from. He wasn't straight and narrow the whole way through. But now he prays for clean hands. And now he knows God's voice. And now when the Lord places an Isaac dream in his heart, he knows to wait for the impossible and wait with a holy expectation. And we can do the same thing. You can do the same thing. You're not too far gone. You're not too dirty or unclean. God is speaking things to your heart even now. Things that you've probably forgotten about, things that you can't possibly believe in because why you? Change that thought cycle. Trust in the Lord. Trust in his word with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. Amen. And as we go into worship, I'd love to take some time just to reflect on the things that God is telling you. Write them down so you don't forget them, so that you can meet those things with a holy expectation. So that while you're waiting for the impossible, you are encouraged and not discouraged. Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you for anyone who's under the sound of my voice right now, Lord. I thank you that you see and you know them and you've called them to great and mighty things, Lord. God, I thank you that anywhere in this place there is an Isaac dream, Lord, that you're just breathing fresh life into it. God, and just anywhere anyone has gone in, on, in their own strength to make an Ishmael come about, Lord, would you bless that to you, just like you blessed Ishmael. But Lord, I thank you that they are being encouraged to, to wait in holy expectation for Isaac. God, I thank you that we will not lean to our own understanding, but we will fully acknowledge you, Lord. And trust that you will make the path straight. And God, for anyone that you've been calling and calling and calling, would you call for them one more time? Call for them one more time, Lord. And I thank you that here and now their ears and their hearts are open to receive that call and to respond to it. And to respond to it, not with laughter, but with faith. With a readiness to take on the things that you have set before them. God, you are good. It's in your name we pray.
Amen.